Welcome everyone to part two of season two, episode two of the No One Really Cares podcast. We cover some topics about family, football, foundation, and another word that starts with an F for alliteration's sake. I know you guys have been absolutely dying to listen to the second part, but who am I kidding? No one really cares. Anyways, without further ado, here we go. Spice in there. it is. Really? Okay. He wants a response. He wants a reaction. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. No, you? No. No one. No one actually cares. Nobody. None. No one. So you also wanted to talk about dynamics of having a new family i don't know if you meant dynamics of having a new family with college athletics or just straight up dynamics of having a new family so what were some of the things that you wanted to talk about regarding that um i, I guess i guess more so kind of my personal experience through kind of just transitioning both with from from college athletics and then immediately hopping on you know kind of the daddy train um and, and for me specifically it, it was really tough so so i'll give you some some numbers here um I graduated May 5th, my daughter was born May 27th, and I was supposed to start work June 1st, but my company understood the position and everything going on, so they pushed my start date to July 1st uh, to kind of get acclimated, right? So on July 1st, I had somewhat of a more complex training onboarding. Uh, my role was I was tr- heavy intensively on travel. So every week I was, you know, I was in a consultant role, so every week, Monday through Thursday, I was traveling to a different state. Um, different country into Canada um, and really um, I had to kind of navigate that and, and find a true balance with you know, not just my work right there's a learning curve to, to kind of onboarding and, and finding my role within my job but then also finding and noticing that there was a learning curve to fatherhood I didn't get everything right um, the first time um, and then on top of that right on the back end is trying to make sure that I'm, I'm the best boyfriend at the time now husband uh, as possible so um, it, it's different for everyone, but I think the biggest takeaway for me, even if you have a family, if you don't have a family, it, I think I don't think it matters. I think the biggest takeaway is finding that balance, right? Really, truly finding that balance between work, between home, um, and obviously you're not always going to get it right the first time. It's going to take a lot of trial and error, um, and then just being able to understand everything that you've done to that point and making those adjustments, right? Um, my approach to life is very kind of you unorthodox i love to party man i love to have a great time i'm a i'm a big proponent of exposure for for parenting um and for me there was a lot of times where i was you know um i wasn't living up to my dad duties and and things like that and i had to adjust so i think for everyone listening man just just you know whatever you do i don't judge i don't think anyone gives a shit but um you know just just be able to make adjustments and be self-aware Dude, that I love that answer. First off, you hit you hit exactly what I was about to compliment you at the end. Self-aware. That was one of the most self-aware statements I've heard in a long time. I that is, I give you a ton of props for admitting that, for acknowledging that, um, but also for like the strength that it takes to say that. That's awesome. It can, it could not have been easy for your situation. And I really like the fact that you shared that with me and then to the people who listen to this. That's awesome. 
Um, just to comment on that, how do you, how do you, how did you handle it? Because when it comes to like not really knowing the 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 learning curve that you mentioned, right. and like, you kind of touched on like messing up a little bit. Yeah. I will be vulnerable right now. I am terrified of having kids. I'm really scared of like every like what if i fuck them up you know like i'm so scared <laughs> like holy shit that's so scary and like I, I for me i'm like dude think about all the experiences for me that got me here and i really have always have to like give my family props for like the fact that that they raised me right and i i think that i that they did a really good job right when it comes to those like first couple years and also, congratulations on your child of two years. But Thank that's you. awesome. I never really I got. To, I never really got to say that. <laughs> I got number two on the way in March. So. <laughs> Dude, awesome! I'm glad you. I'm glad you announced it. That's awesome. Um, uh, sorry. Um, so we, were you like relying on that foundation of friends? You were relying on that balance. What were some like tips that you can say to people who might be listening? On not just like parenthood or, or being a part of like a family, a new family, but just handling like a ton of stuff at once. How did you do it? Yeah, man. So, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing was prioritizing. And that's going to sound cliche as shit, um, but, but it's true. Um, for so, so as I said, I was traveling a lot in the beginning. And when, when people think of traveling, right, they, they like to glorify it, right? Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's this glamorous lifestyle. I'm a, I was traveling to the middle of butt fuck nowhere and being <laughs> at Holiday Inns Monday through Thursdays by myself. It was a lonely time. I was away from my daughter. I was away from my my uh, girlfriend at the time, and I, I was and to be you know transparent as possible here. You know, I was I was in a dark place. I I didn't know how to handle certain situations, and I I know I didn't handle you know situations at the time um, as I should have. And um, you know, for me, just to kind of get through that, I think the biggest thing was taking responsibility, um, understanding what had happened, right? Um, for me, I look at data every day in, in my job. Um, and every experience, I like to compare this, every experience that I've had in the past, for me, is a data point. Um, if I can review and sit down and look at what had happened to the past or happened in the past and kind of make sense of that data to give me a better outcome for the future, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I do with my experiences in my personal life. Um, understood what went wrong, what went right, and make those adjustments, like I said. Um, and again, it, you know, it, we're two and a half years in now. Um, probably took me a year and a half to, to really get a full grip on my life in, as a whole, right? And really putting things in place and um, really, again, like finding that balance. It took me a year and a half to find that balance. Um, and, and what's nice is when you do find it, um, it's easier to maintain it because you know exactly what it takes to kind of get to that point and stay at that point. I can definitely agree with you on the traveling part. I had to travel a good bit for at least the yeah. beginning of my job. And yeah, they really sell you in, in consulting that you're going to be <laughs> traveling a lot and it's going to be glorious living. You're, you're going to these hotels, but I can, I know it personally. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're staying at a, at a hotel and it's cool. You're like out of you're out of your, your parents' house or wherever you're living and like, you're not doing right. anything. You're just sitting there. So, yeah, and it, and it must be so difficult, especially when you just had a child and like, actually what you're, what you're dealing with is actually what my dad had to deal with too. Cause when I was a child, 
I don't know how I don't know when he was in consulting, but he actually did like kind of the, he was kind of like the same path. I wasn't born and he started flying, but he was definitely flying a whole lot as a consultant when I was like very like an infant, right? And hearing your story, I think must exactly have been what my dad was feeling too. So I'm glad you were able to put it into words that like really tie together for something that hits home for me. And second, for like sharing that fact that like balance is important. I think everyone who's listening to this, given who what they had to deal with with coronavirus and and, and civil unrest in America, could take could, could learn from you about what it takes to to get balance. And falling back on that foundation that you talked about, those friends that you that you have that support system, you're setting like a roadmap for everyone who's listening and especially for me because I learned a ton about what you just said. Awesome. Setting that roadmap of well, what to do. And I feel like now I'm a lot more prepared as far as like what I need to do when things get hard. So that that's awesome, right, man? I love putting uh, people on game when I can. <laughs> and to that point, it's, you know, it's easy to sit back now, right, and look back and give advice, right? But when you're in that shit, you're in that shit. You're, you're grinding your your rails are up and you're in grind mode. So, um, guys, if, if whoever is listening, man, like if you're going through it, if you're not listening to advice, don't worry about it, man. You got to grind it out, grind it out, man. Life's life. It's gonna throw you curveballs, and you know you just gotta keep rolling with the punches, man. And and to your data point um, example, I'm gonna tie this back into football. How similar is that to film study? Like say, let's say, because you were a wide receiver, from what I remember, right? Right. Uh. Safety and corners. Oh, shit. My bad. I think that must be no, no, no. my bad. Okay. So if you're a safety or corner, you get burnt. You're going to be looking at that at that film, and you're going to be like, what did I do wrong? Was, yeah. I, was I leveraged improperly? Well, should I have been playing off-man, press? What, was there a miscommunication? Was it busting coverage, et cetera, et cetera? Do you think that there is a legitimate connection between how you view data points and how you – you might have learned how to, to view it in film study. If we, just to tie this back to that whole like college athletics and, and, and life and, and corporate America stuff. It's it's funny you ask that. Because <laughs> I actually fucking hate watching. Film. <laughs> I literally despise it, um, and it, 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 that's that's the funniest thing. And, and it's so funny because I literally record my meeting and my work calls just to fucking play it back to listen to myself to make sure I'm not doing making mistakes right so i do it on an everyday basis now but now because you've asked that with that direct correlation there absolutely is one right yeah but i didn't i didn't see it at the time because i i fucking didn't care about film study at the time you know what's so funny it's like okay i i ran track i was really into that and every football coach always wanted to recruit me because i was fast right and i had a i had i'm like five ten. i could have done something right but i never did it because i was focused on vaccine build we are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I never did it because I was focused on track. And I, frankly, it probably – who knows, right? But the irony is now I watch film and football. That's probably one of my biggest like hobbies. I follow film channels on YouTube. I, I follow a ton of breakdowns. Actually, if anyone who's listening is looking for like any sort of job that I can work on where I can finally work in football and maybe in like a business aspect or GMs, sports agents, any shit like that, hit me up because I want to do it. I digress. I, I watch a ton of football. I love doing the breakdowns. I love understanding, at least in, in football, like why things happened. And because of that, it makes it really enjoyable for me. But the irony is I never got to play. 
prob- mostly because I didn't want to get injured and I don't want to do good do good at track. But but now I'm so I'm so into it. I might as well have played. Like it's kind of crazy. My roommate every time he comes home, he sees me watching football. And, he's, and his quote is, I've never seen, because he sometimes will watch it with me, I've never seen so much football in my life is what he told me. <laughs> the irony about that story is coaches that are the best coaches never play football. <laughs> so, you know what, that's that's a, that's an attribute to you. Maybe you have a, you have a future in this for sure. I, I, think I'm, I think I'm very opinionated. I try and talk about football as much. I would love to, okay, for me, the perfect like fit would be like general manager. I can I can look at film. I can make business decisions. I can right. pick and choose my team and build it together. I can take all the opinions that I have and then build that super team. That's a long, long, long way in the future. I'm actually so, kind of considering so, so just, it, but yeah. Just for your your information, probably um, the first step you'll probably have to take will, will probably be looking for like a college program where you can just break down film. And it'll just be breaking down film for like a year or two, and then take that next step and next step. And hey, man, if if you want to talk about it offline, I, I, hell I, yeah, <laughs> definitely got some connections in that. In yeah, that I that that would that would sound awesome. But I'll be, let me let me finish on this last like question to you, so we can end on a light note. And I don't know how you called it, but you knew I knew this was gonna this is gonna be a long episode. So so <laughs> when it comes to those foundations, it comes to those the the people that you're spending time with. Um, when you're in college athletics, college football, and everything that you were talking about, which position group is the close is the most close knit? Which is the position group that would you say um, sticks together the most, or which position group has the most like animosity to each other? Um, I feel like I kind of know which some of them will be, but yeah. In a, in a general uh, aspect, or like on a specific team, or. Oh no! Just in general, we're. Ch- I'm just trying to. I'm trying to build some funny stereotypes about maybe linemen versus a defensive lineman, et cetera, et cetera. What, what, what you got for me? Let's see, man. I, I think probably the, the most together group, um, and this is just speaking through experience, right? Um, probably the O line in a sense. I, I think the O line's pretty, and and then they'd probably be neck and neck with probably like the, the safety or DBs. Those guys are really close. Um, animosity, and this is just for experience again. D line probably has the most animosity. That really? I've, yeah, man. Um, and it, it can go both ways. I, I, I think it just depends on um, the, like, the relationships at the time, right? Um, and then what was the other one? The most tight knit? Oh, probably like the quarterbacks. I, I feel quarterbacks are probably pretty tight knit. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I I would have expected. Okay. I I had a feeling that you would say online, and that makes the most sense. Like they, if them as a unit, if they don't work in sync, or if one of them yeah. messes up, everyone notices. But if they do their job in a really good fashion, they never get any credit. But they are the, they are like the foundation. They, they the the football team needs that. Um, That's right. One more. Alignment just kind of walking around, but they walk in groups. Every, yeah. Every- Go. So I, I would assume they're the most close knit. So th- one more question, actually, to leave off on this, because there's actually a debate online about this, and I didn't know because I always thought I knew the answer to it, but but maybe you can clear it up. What do you think is the most difficult position in football? Cornerback. I knew you would say that. <laughs> no, 
doubt. Really? So can you can you make the argument as to why? Because I thought it was quarterback. I'm gonna make the argument because, and I'm gonna make the argument in 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 a sense where we're putting our best corner against their best receiver. Just in a physical aspect alone, your receiver knows the route, right? You're probably he's probably the same speed, and their corner has to play with his back to the ball, right? He doesn't know where it's going. Um, so just from that aspect alone, with no routes, with nothing else, just lining up, that receiver wins, right? Because he knows the route. So just from that perspective, I, I'm going to say a corner is the toughest position. But you can make the argument that, you know, quarterback's the toughest position because you have to make multiple reads. Depending on, your, you know, what your offense is, some, some quarterbacks obviously read only half of the field, right? So um, if you're reading the whole field and you're making the audibles and you're making the checks, 100%, right? That's, that's tough. But if you're in a college where it's a set fucking offense and you're reading half fields or half reads, then, you know, that's easy. You could do that. We, I, do that. <laughs> I, ho- I wish I could. I don't know, man. I feel like if I would have got hit by some of those guys, like, I, if I would have got hit by some of those guys, I would have been down for the count for years. Like, man, I'd, I'm kind of glad I stuck to track and I watched football from a distance. But, yeah, I, I certainly love the game. Listen, thank you so much for, for opening up, for sharing your story. You gave great advice to people who are listening. You gave great advice to me, too, and I really value the things that you talked about here. It was great talking to you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate it, and I just want to let you know before I let you go, man, no one gives a shit. <laughs> We need we need to start like a, a side podcast called No One Gives a Shit, and that'll be like the explicit version of like No One Really Cares, like No oh, One Gives shit. a Shit. <laughs> I tried helping you. <laughs> oh, okay, it's all good, man. I'm glad that you like the brand, but but yeah, no one. This is Cags with No One Gives a Shit, our our late night edition of No One Really Cares. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wow. No, dude, that that's actually really funny, man. I really want to like start going with that here. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Enjoy. This was No One Gives a Shit. <laughs> My little spinoff. Just kidding, guys. Can't say enough about this episode. It was definitely fun. I love the fact that both of us were able to talk about things we were passionate about. We were able to be vulnerable. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as me. But at the end of the day, no one really cares. <laughs> <laughs>